0: hello everybody it is me Aaron this episode's a really cool one um, it's the one I did with Jake Blanchard um, if you guys may have saw he had me on his podcast and I recorded that as well to release here as well you know it, it happened like two weeks ago now so it's been a little bit of time it's out there on YouTube um, if you guys haven't seen it I recommend going and watching it on YouTube. Um, if you have the time and the availability to, cause it's, 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 it's awesome, man. And it helps him out. It gives him more plays on his channel and everything like that. Plus he has lots of other good podcasts on YouTube as well. Um, if you are doing something else or you want to give me the play as well, then you can listen to it in audio form right here. Uh, it is the full uncut audio, um, just like his, you know, just the audio version. I said that a couple times in a row, and I don't know why. Oh, I know why, because I'm hungry, and I have a show tonight. It is Saturday, September 4th, when I'm recording this right now, um, and I have a show tonight at Dante's downtown with Earth Ashes. Uh, first time in two and a half years, and I'm fucking stoked. So I'm getting ready to go do that. I ironed a couple patches on my shirt that I'm going to wear tonight. Uh my my gig shirt, my my stage shirt, part of my mask I wear when I go out and play. Um I got all that done, clean my pedal board, got my rig ready to go downtown. Now it's time for some food. I hope you guys go out there, listen to this, enjoy it, go to YouTube, give Jake Blanchard Podcast a like and a subscribe and all that good stuff on YouTube. Thumbs up his episode, it's free, comment on it if you like it. Uh, and I love you all. I will see you again here soon, and by see you, I mean tickle your ear holes with my wonderful voice. Uh, enjoy the podcast. I'm rolling, so yeah, dude, oh, yeah. lead 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 the show because yeah,
1: you're you're already
0: recording. Well, I just i'm one i, I had everything kind of ready and set up so i was just one click away uh Ooh. especially because i only capture audio uh oh. it's super simple to all right fr- well,
1: I'm my, gonna hit record now and, and we're gonna start a podcast brother
0: pl- yes i'm so fucking stoked <laughs> all
1: right here we go um, i got a little ad i gotta i'm doing that at the beginning too so let's yeah,
0: go recording in progress
1: all right, welcome to episode 68 of the Jake Brancher Podcast, brought to you in part by the fine folks at FellowshipBrand.com, the Premium Men's Grooming Products. We're also brought to you by Stream2C, that's S T E A. S T R E A M. The number two, S E A dot com, the, the number one mineral-based sunscreen, according to Rolling Stone magazine. Uh they make sunscreen personal care products. Go so check them out. And again, JVP at checkout gets you 10% off of both those brands. My guest today is Aaron Singleton. He's the host of the Journey Through Time and Stuff podcast. He's a bassist, uh, with the band Earth to Ashes out of Portland, Oregon. He's a free thinker. He's a mechanic. He's a music lover and someone that inspired me to venture into the world of podcasting. Oddly enough, uh, I've also known him since the seventh grade. Uh, we grew up together in Alaska. and I'm excited to have him on the podcast today. He's an interesting cat, Aaron. Welcome, my man.
0: Jake, thank you so much for having me, man. This is this is an absolute pleasure, I have to say. Just as I'm about to pop the top in my capri sun right now, you are popping my virtual podcast cherry, if I don't be too uh, explicit. <laughs> and i've 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 hosted oh, i've hosted uh, 100 and almost 170 episodes of my own podcast and this is the first time being interviewed by someone else so man we
1: go, man i, I love, love it it is uh, for me because you know what you reached out to me a couple episodes into my podcast you saw some things going on on social media about my coaching business about my consulting yeah. firm and you were like hey dude i'm curious but come on my podcast and you were actually the first podcast that i was ever featured
0: on look at that uh, how, yeah, how,
1: how here, we, here we are home and away bro
0: that's the way um i, I want to make one more disclaimer as well um i'm i'm feeling quite trepidatious about this uh i've been you know ever since i saw you doing a podcast and uh I, i've been trying to follow as closely as i can and you have had such wonderful big guests and the work you're doing is so fantastic I feel I'm feeling a little disadvantaged uh in not only my own personal status uh I'm not a doctor I'm not owning <laughs> my own gym I uh I don't I don't I don't have you know yeah I, I'm, I'm a musician and a mechanic but it's I don't know so I'm feeling a little uh impostery no, right now no way man
1: you know this uh, you know it's, it's funny and, and I was so looking forward to to this kind of conversation as well so, so very casual very friendly uh yeah. the way that you run your show uh essentially as well which is you know just you know nothing nothing too formal um but to reflect on it a little bit like i'm so much about the journey man and i think everybody has such a cool and interesting story to tell uh, and perspective to give and, and i think that that's in the spirit of, of what you're trying to accomplish as well it's just, yeah and love and positivity and asking questions and uh i find so much value uh in that my cup gets so full so um regardless if you have doctor in front of your name sir (laughs) uh, it's such a joy to have you
0: oh that's 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 a beautiful thing man thank you yeah i i i have over the course of the exploration and the journey i'm on as well um i had no idea the value i would have three years into it that i when i started i had no idea the appreciation i would get for seemingly random uninteresting people from just the outside world are the most interesting people on the planet and that 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 you've met in in your realm and your scheme of things and and you when you're able to have these conversations you start going you start looking at everybody as interesting and yeah. not you know not another person i recently got back from a vacation i was going through the airport's and um i kept walking around overstimulated by the fact that every single person there was on a journey in their life they were all either going somewhere or coming back from something and i guarantee every one of them had something incredibly unique and interesting that would open my mind to something. And I was like, God, I would love to have this entire airport on my podcast and just go, where are you going? What are you doing? Like
1: just, just through, just through the airport.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey,
1: uh, as you're, uh, kind of, uh, reflecting in that way like what what was your genesis of starting the podcast like what what was the whole point of yes. the whole journey through time and stuff? Uh, where the name comes from too i'm curious
0: okay so yeah that's a beautiful thank you um and i you know i i uh, in listening to past episodes i uh it's funny you even comment on yourself oh i just asked two questions in in one um and and it's a uh, it's a beautiful thing i do it too my brain is always working inherently faster than my mouth and i i I am more curious uh, than I have syllables to uh, enunciate that off quite often. So um, thank you for the multiple questions in one. So um, we, I moved to Portland, born in Alaska, um, born and raised there, moved to Portland in 2013 uh, to begin a music career. I had, Lived in Arizona, gone to college, did all the stuff to be a mechanic, been a mechanic forever working, done everything. And music fell into my life again. I was always passionate about it, but um, performing it became uh, a, a necessity for mental health, a necessity for my own self-worth um, and positivity and uh, inner my inner self um, about 2009, 2010, excuse me, the Capri Suns fighting um uh and <laughs>
1: Caprice, so got, that. got some really acidic cherries it's going
0: hard on. it's hard actually this is the strawberry kiwi we are not we are we are not That's endorsed not, by capri sun <laughs>
1: product placement.
0: Um, uh, no so i moved here in 2013 um and in just just wanting to be a musician. My whole band relocated here. Uh, we were trying to do the break into a bigger scene, make a name for ourselves. Um, you know, and we were all in our mid twenties and we just, we came here to do that. And, uh, as every first step of every plan inevitably does, it fails. Um, and when you're doing that on your own, uh, it's sometimes easier to deal with when you have three other counterparts that The thing only breathes because it's four it's it's built by four um as soon as one's out of there the thing in in essence doesn't work anymore it's not the same um it's the old adage of uh you have you have a ship and you start replacing one piece at a time as it wears out uh how long into replacing them is it no longer the same ship um you know and and that's that's kind of the way i felt about it uh I lived with my, my my best friend, Jason Smith, who we also know and went to the same middle school as us. And, um, we, you know, he was a singer in my band and we moved here and we found ourselves uh, without a guitar player, without a drummer, with another guitar player, with another drummer, again, without a guitar player, again, without a drummer. And it just went through the cycle of us trying to keep this thing alive that we weren't ready to call it a different ship yet. Um, and when that culminated, we were sitting here, uh, almost New Year's of 2017 looking at each other and we were broken uh, you know you could we our dreams were crushed we had we hauled our loved ones here um, in hopes of this and they followed us for our dreams and now our dreams didn't exist anymore we you know we all had lives we all had jobs the rest of the world was going and I was getting up and being a mechanic every day and uh, they were waiters and waitresses and Jason was you know still work worked at Walmart and our lives, moved on and we came home every day and we said to ourselves what are what are we gonna do man we have music equipment we have microphones we have everything it needs to make anything we want um and that was when the podcast was born man i mean it was just we knew so many musicians from the portland area that we had gotten to meet played shows with the the community here is fantastic um and we we wanted to tap into that, interview our friends. You know, we, uh, we started listening, uh, this, this podcast a long time ago. You can go back and we played vinyls on, on the podcast. We would pick a- albums. I have a record collection or people would come over and we would just, we were just trying to tap into what made people interested in making themselves an object of entertainment because following music is a passion. And anybody can be a musician, but it's, there's something up here, up in, in the brain area, um, that is inherently different about the ones who want to be on stage for other people who are, who are also like music, right? Like, uh, what is the similarities? What's the differences? What's the root cause of that next step in putting yourself out there, um,
1: and that, so the the, the the goal was originally to, to get to know musicians in the local community, or was it just uh, scratching inches of curiosity? All or, of it. Was there a thesis? Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a thesis. Um. The, the reason the name is a journey through time and stuff. Uh, Jason and I were at the gym, and we were sitting there on. It was a leg day. It was a Wednesday. I don't remember exactly what Wednesday, but it was a it was a Wednesday because it was leg day, and we're sitting there on <laughs> we're we're sitting there on the the squat rack. Uh, bouncing between that and doing drop sets on the Smith machine, and trying to come up, we had already decided. Okay, we're going to do a podcast. What's the name of it? And it's like we were trying to be overly clever and quippy and short. And you know, we thought about do we put our names in the title? Um, we do, but but we want. It, it seems like the 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 style of internet. Show or podcast show um, with a, i.e., the Joe Rogan podcast or the highly accredited and successful Jake Blanchard podcast. Um, it creates an essence like it's it's a beautiful thing for you because you you have the opportunity to be the interviewer interviewing, and it is it is through your eyes and through your your thought process that we learn about the other person. Um, and we weren't that comfortable with ourselves when we started to make that the thesis of our podcast. We didn't want it to be about us necessarily or feel like we were tied to it. I think it was imposter syndrome. I think we were heartbroken. I, I, I don't think we were vulnerable enough to put ourselves in the front and center. And so we wanted a title that described where we were, but not who we were. And so that was, we're, we're on a journey We love time, you know, we started looking at podcast titles, time and space, time, I'm fascinated by all that, I have a galaxy and planets and stuff behind me, like, but none of it was as broad as our brains were, Um, we do skits, we make fake commercials, we have running jokes that are episodes and episodes long, that the punchline is 10 episodes from where we started the bit, and, you know, we did it that way so if somebody was listening to everyone they would be on a journey with us as our brains are evolving and formulating this thing and it's it's just a bunch of stuff man it was um undefined we, we i still have a tr- problem trying to quantify exactly what my podcast is um you know well, i yeah sorry
1: well, as your, no no as you're you know, it's it's awesome to be able to talk about stuff like this, right? Because you find yourself taking a step further and further and further back away from it as you're kind of putting your hands around it. So, like, what was, like, I don't know, either major lesson learned or, like, how you've evolved as a person mm-hmm. through the process of doing this? Because you've done it fairly consistently for a number of years, so three, like three, four years, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, just putting out episodes and just loving just the creativity and the content within it i'm just kind of curious as you take a step back like what what does that body of work mean to you or or how have you evolved within it Capri sunset Uh,
0: yeah the think (laughs) juice um okay beautiful question again um i these topics only come up when i'm talking about it with jason Um, who's doesn't live here anymore. You know, he's technically not in the podcast, but he comes, you know, we still do on, we still do a lot of stuff behind the scenes creatively together. Um, and the, the, wow. Okay.
1: Shout out to Jason Smith, by the way. What a cool guy he is. Love you, buddy. uh, And, uh, you know, I got to know, um, I got to know him a little bit in, in middle school. I remember. I think I remember his, his sister Melissa was a fantastic singer as well. Still
0: she, is, she, yeah.
1: Still is, yeah. I, I haven't obviously I haven't talked to her in twenty years, but right. But it's you know it's just one of those things that, that you remember when somebody's got chopped. So um, it, totally. it, it's cool to co created that. So I I uh, again I'd, I'd love to have maybe both of you guys on the podcast. Oh. It'd be fun to, to Jason eventually.
0: I'm I'm sure I'm sure he would he would love to do it. Um, he's he's such a special human, and and uh, I I've been drawn to his brain for a very long time. Um, he, he is just singular. He, he has a way of analyzing and viewing the world and the, the, the just, I mean, he can, it can be as broad as that or as specific as one word to make a joke funnier and his brain will just come at it from a different way. And it is hilarious. We have some songs and some bits we've made that I still play back and can't help but gutturally just laugh Um, at the absurdity, um, of Jason Smith, it's, it's, it's a beauty, it's such a beautiful thing. Um, so yeah, our, okay, I'll, I will start with the, the breadth of the work and kind of where I, where I feel about it now. And then the lesson I've learned because they are, they are part and parcel of the same thing. Um, so the, the, if, if you were to go on iTunes or wherever I, the podcast you host from, or pod catcher um, you will find that my podcast is broken into three seasons um, we didn't start seasons we were just doing a podcast but it we we evolved and so the first season is like a hundred episodes long and that's from the beginning to when Jason and I in ourselves mid I don't remember what it was maybe 2019 2018 2019 somewhere in there we took a small hiatus we were we were doing we we did a hundred episodes in less than a year, and we were releasing two episodes a week. We were doing one episode on a, on weekends with a guest and interviewing them, and then we were doing episodes we called bazookas, and they were short 30, 45 minute episodes, um, which actually is kind of average length for most hour ish podcasts or thirty four. And we called those short ones because we have four hour podcasts, we have five hour podcasts, you know, that we've done, um, and we just. We poured everything that was not finished with the band into that first year and we were just going and it was a machine and we didn't have any goals. We didn't have any mindsets. You know, we really were just stumbling foot over the next falling into this world of what what are we even trying to be? So that was the first hundred episodes. We took a little break. We came back and did another 70 before he moved um and yeah no 40 50 whatever it is um and that was the the redesign uh making a little more streamlined um being a little more creative and and uh choosy with when we wanted to put in new bits and write new stuff and pulling back a little bit on the the production of making it a just a big joke all the time and getting a little more serious. The conversations we you know, we quit doing two a week. Um we would do some solo ones, but that would just be the episode and we would have topics we want, you know, so we started kind of formulating that. And then, you know, he moved. And the third season is where I when I decided to come back and do this just solo. Um and that has been the hardest part of all of this. It was a beautiful thing to have a partner in um, a a sounding block, another brain um, and a push, Um, you know, that there's a a crazy duality with, with creative people who can't not still create. And that is um, we want to do it because we love it, but you don't want to feel like you're, having to do it to love it. Mm-hmm. And there was an there's a time and you know I I'm I took a little break off over the last few months. Um I the podcast I did it before was with one of my other best friends. Um the one I just released before this is probably coming out on mine as well. I don't uh, you know. Um uh where I really went deeper into the hard part of trying to make this something about me but about other people. And I got s- stuck with the want that I felt like I was, um, I was in essence doing all of the pushing and like the only, the only uh, analogy I have to that is um, in a band, you know, the drive for me to be a good bass player and create a, a good line for a song um, uh, comp- help compose or narrow down something or or help uh, signify lyrics to fit the mood or whatever we're doing um, that's all from my inner drive to want to be a good musician and want to perform good stuff for people um, but once the music is going and the band is going it it has its own momentum. You gave it the start. You gave it the initial inertia, but it has weight. It has m- density, and it has acceleration, and it it will continue to move. And all of a sudden, you're f- less feeling like you're initially giving the stone a push, but you're like ghost riding it but almost. Like
1: yeah, you you become part of the system,
0: a- and it is it, it it then pulls you along. And all you have to do is continue to be the you that started it. You don't have to do the work to keep it going and keep being better. And this podcast for me felt like I was still. So I was not only having to do the work to find all the work that goes into making a podcast successful and making your brain successful at doing it. That's one side. And then the work for keeping the podcast going is the other side. And it... By myself I didn't do the work I didn't I didn't do the the stepping back which this conversation is allowing me to do right now I I didn't do it to realize that maybe maybe I wasn't ready for it yet I I felt like I was constantly having to do more work than was feeling fun until I got the boom, the mic is on and this is happening. And then it's uh, all the weight comes off. I'm sipping Capri suns. Life is grand. And then the mic stop and I say goodbye. And now I'm back to going, well, I, uh, I guess I did that. So I got to do it again because I got to do it again. You know, I want to do it again, but I got to do it again. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Is that, am I answering your question? No, 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 I, I, I mean, have a tendency to, to ramble and talk for a long time. No,
1: so, you know, you're, you're just kind of, uh, um, I use the word unpack a lot. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use that word again, right? Unpack. But you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting to reflect on, you know, whatever that, that balance of energy and enthusiasm. Yeah. And yeah. then taking action around it, like right. when it's in a good balance, it's great. It's just when you start to lose energy, enthusiasm, it becomes very hard to take that action. You have to re-anchor it your why. Yeah. Right? Why am I doing this? Why is this important to me? Why is it important to others? What value does this bring? Does it need to bring value to anyone but me? Like that's, oh, I mean, that's a lot of really good questions.
0: That's the, that's the that's the most beautiful thing. Does it need to bring value to anyone but me? When I started this podcast, I said no. I told myself through and through, I wasn't doing this for listens. I wasn't doing this to become famous or make money off of this. This is an outlet. Just like I didn't, I didn't start playing music to become a musician that people knew. I started music to heal myself. I started this podcast to heal myself. Through that though, I recognized that I make people happy doing it, whether it is the podcast or this. this The podcast has been, or the podcast or music, the podcast has been a lot harder for me to see it because I don't actually see the crowd of people in front of me, right? When when you're playing on stage, it is visceral. There are people literally there looking back at you. And then you can see when they look down at their phone instead of continue staring at the stage or, or oh, when they need to go buy another drink or a conversation starts and they... Sp- sp- those aren't healthy, but those are things my brain does. I'm a, I'm an, I'm an inherently insecure man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a tortured artist most of my life. Um, and so those are things I notice when the podcast is happening. I don't get to see those things. I, I can't tell if somebody starts it and listens for 10 minutes and never does, or comes back and finishes it. I don't, you know, I, I don't know what I, I just don't know. And so it became hard for me And then I started finding myself craving attention. I started finding myself lacking the person going, hey, good job. And I didn't think I needed it, but all of a sudden I needed it and I didn't want to need it. It was a crazy place to be because I I didn't want to feel like I was relying on satisfaction outwardly to feel good about me doing the podcast. But as soon as I was, I couldn't shake the fact that I didn't have it, and it wasn't something I str. It just, it happened. It in my brain went, "Hey, man, you haven't, you know." I have to say, Jake, thank shout out to you, um, Jason, and then my buddy Ben Charles, who's also a jujitsu guy, um, rolls down here, and he's the vocalist for Ligature Marks, great band out of Portland. He's a fantastic talk. Yeah. Um, you guys, you three, uh were instrumental in me st- still sitting here and doing this, man. You, you, you truly were, Jake. You reached out in times when I was sitting here. You cold called me, man. I haven't had a friend, <laughs> I haven't had a friend cold call me in an cold incredibly calls, long time. And
1: anybody who gets a Jake Blanchard cold call, it happens, it happens
0: I, sometimes. I, I tell you what, it, I got off that phone call and I just sat on my couch and I cried, Jake. And I was like, holy fuck. Uh there is there it took one person to go, hey, you're struggling. I I see it. But you're okay. And you're you like doing this thing, right? Yeah, I like doing this thing. Well, then, then just be okay with liking doing it, man. We, I loved your shit. I want to see more. And th- that, that conversation was something that I needed. I felt good. I didn't want to know I needed. Um, and then I had to, I had to do the serious inner monologue talk with myself and go, Hey, take this mask off when you're feeling insecure about something that, You're afraid to just be okay with, you know, it is a place of fear. It's a place of, um, never feeling a part of a group, a group in the way that I perceive other people feel a part of a group. It's all about inner perception. You know, I had, I, I felt this way my entire life. I feel this way in my band. I love those guys to death. Uh, I've been on soccer teams, football teams. I had friends. I was in chess club. Everything you could think of. And I, 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 I distinctly remember having friends and sitting there around a table with my friends and they're all talking. And I'm at that table. And I'm going, man, I think that all of these guys are more friends with them than I am with them. Or they're more There's a if there are qualifications to be more or less in a group, for some reason, they're more in the group and I'm not. And it wasn't for lack of trying it. I I don't think that they ever actually thought that of me. I've had these conversations. No, man, you were always with your fucking our friend. But for some reason, my head always went, yeah, you're just you're just not in it as much as they are. Because they like each other better than you, or you don't have a an 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 inherent quality to to give to fulfill the group dynamic that they've all have and can give each other and trade freely this this box of emotions. Um, and it's 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 tough, man. It's it's, uh, it, you know, I don't know.
1: I, I, you know, I know exactly how that feels. Like I I you're touching on something that's a really hard concept to explain but something that maybe I, I don't know how many people I would call it one out of ten like there's there's a small I, I at least in my experience talking with people like I have a really hard time ever feeling quote unquote accepted yeah and it's because I'm a lot more comfortable with not with not being tied to the group or tight like cuz it really does come back to me like i like the freedom to not feel bound to other people right. or committed to groups of people like i i don't know it's a, it, it's a it's a challenging as a challenging concept
0: Groucho marks Groucho marks said it beautifully uh i don't want to be any part of a club that'll have me
1: sure yeah <laughs> i'm always yeah I'm, I'm, i feel a lot more comfortable in the pursuit Then settled in.
0: Right. Right. So then let me ask you this. When we all love the pursuit, but why are you pursuing?
1: Yeah. So for me, like, and it's funny because I, as we're talking through this, I'm I'm thinking about the career that that I've picked as well, right? I like consulting. I love consulting. It's what I do for a living. I love going into problem spaces and helping identify opportunities for improvement and then implementing those changes and then it's time for me to fucking leave mm-hmm. like i operationalizing something seeing to its adherence day to day, that is a difficult spot for me to be in like i just don't it doesn't bring me a lot of joy or value of like managing processes i like changing them i like driving change i like doing the really hard you know, complexity work, not the day-to-day work. And I and I view my relationships with a lot of people like that. I love the pursuit of getting to know people. Yeah. I love learning about new topics that I don't, you know, that I don't know anything about. Yeah. But then once I get settled in, <laughs> it becomes very hard for me to find
0: the routine.
1: Acceptance. Yeah, and even with friends that I've had for 15 years. Like I love my friends. I love being around them. I love, you know, all those uh, all, all the things that it brings, but Um, my cup, I I guess is filled in one way of the love and security and the friendship and those kinds of things. If I didn't have it, I would miss it for sure. Yes. But I still feel a void unless there's a new person around. And then I'm talking to them. That's, (laughs) that's, that's who I'm going to. That's what I'm going to find out about your story. Like, I'm sorry. I'm here to talk to you.
0: So, so let me ask you this. I I've, I've been trying to do the, the mental work, um, the the interpersonal work to figure out because i i'm the same way i i i would get done as a kid playing with friends and go home and go i hope i would literally think this and it's so embarrassing to say but i would literally get done having playing with my friends go home and then sit there and go oh i hope they're thinking about me right now like Like not that they just weren't for three hours and we had this or whatever the play date was, you know, whatever the group hanging out was. As soon as I would go, I would find myself thinking about how cool they were and I was terrified to think that they weren't thinking about me.
1: Or just the after action report that you're giving yourself of like all the different things that happened and like how you could have reacted differently and like what you should have done here or should have done there. And you just, you torture yourself for literally days.
0: Dude, I still, I still regret conversations that I never had in eighth grade. Like I still think about those things and you know, I, I find myself playing the dangerous game of going what would life look like now if I had only said that one thing different. Yeah. To a conversation that literally no one else remembers even happening but me. Like yeah. this isn't it's not two-sided and their life is hinging on this thing as well. It it's only me. And yeah. uh so I've been trying to go okay w- where does that stem from? And I don't feel like I do it now. I don't, you know, I I don't, <laughs> I, I honestly don't find myself like this conversation getting done and going, getting off the thing and going, oh man, I that was a Jake is a really fucking cool guy. I hope I I hope he's thinking about me and thinking I'm cool too. I don't find myself doing that anymore.
1: But oh, shit, what you're gonna do that? You're gonna do that when we get off here. I know,
0: I know. <laughs> uh, but what I do find myself doing now, which is the date that why I said a dangerous game, is I. I will. Um, I I I am attracted to giving people my fullest attention. I'm attracted to um, trying to elucidate a uh, a nuanced conversation with somebody about something they care about because I feel like it's an it's an amount of tension and it it's an amount of attention I am able to give them that I felt like I never got. It's, yeah. I, I, I really feel like I'm trying to just make sure that no one goes, oh, that dude didn't ask me one thing about me. I want him to go. I would almost have them go, God, he asked me so much. I'm a little worried about how much I told him. Like, yeah. So, I, so do, do you view
1: then do you, that hyper awareness? Let's just call it hyper awareness for now. Great term. Um, do you view that as a superpower now? Or are you self-conscious of it?
0: Oh, I'm. It's both. I'm. I'm incredibly self conscious of it, and it is, an, in fact, a superpower. It's. 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 Uh, with great power comes great responsibility. I'm. I. I put off a lot of people. You know. Um. I really care about the talk. I really care about the the words people use. Um. To a to a point where I I I I I recognize after the fact I make people uncomfortable. Um, if, if, you know, there's not a lot of people in that is in my working life, in my non creative life that are used to being asked questions about why they think something. A lot of people are asked about what they think, but not a lot of people are asked about why it's, it's, it, it just doesn't happen. A lot of people spend a lot of time with a lot of thoughts in their head that they cannot articulate the reason why they believe it. The thing. What convinced you that was true? And it it, it could be a, literally about anything, but everybody has a point that if they do the work, they could figure out that when they became convinced of something, it it may be deep. It may be very present. It, it could be as small as uh, why you think Brussels sprouts are gross to yeah. as big as uh, which God of all possible gods exists. It, 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 is there purpose? Whatever your belief is, something at one point in time convinced you that was true and i found myself in a place going through this podcast talking to people that i would be saying something and go god i have no idea when i believed that when i first believed that i have no idea why i'm holding firm to a position that i i don't know when i when when did i start even thinking that you know um
1: it's a, you know, it's a, a fun analogy or, or just a mental experiment is yeah. just to think about all those, all those things that you hold to be true. Mm-hmm. Maybe those are balloons. Yeah. Maybe those balloons have really long strings and maybe those long strings disappear into a basement. And then when you start asking those questions, the scary thing is you're walking into the basement, you're walking down the stairs. And then there's a point in time where you realize that the string of some of those balloons are tethered to nothing. Oh, yeah. then they start to float away. And when you ask those questions enough and you get into the deep parts of your mind and you're asking questions from a why do you think this way as opposed to, you know, what's your opinion or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. When you ask the why and you realize it's not tethered, it's, oh, no, this thing that I think about myself, this belief that I've held for years, Mm -hmm. this perception that I have (laughs) <laughs> it's really not rooted in anything i lost my life i don't know why yeah. that's a scary thing for a lot of people.
0: oh it's 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 incredibly terrifying you know it, you w- when you were talking about walking in the basement i literally thought back to the home alone fireplace f- burner yeah. that talked and macaulay Culkin was a f- intensely afraid of right um i instantly think about being in that room and watching balloons fly out of that room um, and going, yeah. fuck, I'm losing part of myself. Like that, that balloon is, is me, man. I, I was so attached to that fucking balloon. Um, and that was the other hard part of this is, okay, why, do, why are you convinced things are true? And then once you ask that question and then you start, you can actually start picking apart that you are not identical to your beliefs. You, you are no part of you as the you that you would tell someone else about is identical to the belief you hold about something. You, You are, you are completely separate from that, that thing that you believe about the world to be true. You, you, you may, you may feel it so tangibly, um, That if you were to learn it wasn't true, your entire framework of reality would have to be altered. Like just, it would be altering it for you because you don't have a choice to not believe it. If you know, you're, you are no longer convinced of something, your world changes, but you don't, you, the person that is you, that your framework may, but I, I, I've really had to try and do the work and not let my ego be attached to being wrong, not let Um, the, you know, there's a beautiful thing that I love asking people, um, when, when, in, when the word wrong and right come up, um, and being right about something cause you know something or being wrong about something cause you didn't know something. And, and I love asking the question. In, in fact, I'll ask you, um, what does it feel like to be wrong? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. I probably would answer it. Very different a couple years ago than I'd answered today. Sure, and I've I've gotten used to using language that allows me to be wrong, well, right. as in like like I currently believe that this is the way that things are. Like I'm open to, right. especially any kind of like hot button issue, sure, <laughs> social, political, religious, yeah. like whatever. Like I, I, I,
0: you can't find any of those right now.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, so I really kind of like opened up the possibility of being wrong in those areas yeah. uh, but what it feels like to be wrong right uh, i think is i think is exactly that that process i was talking about earlier it's like there's a there's a, a bitterness um, oh but,
0: but hold on. don't get it confused with finding out you were wrong everybody knows what it finds i'm talking what does it feel like to be actively wrong in the state of being wrong not finding out you were I'm talking about the the time when you're actually wrong and you're only in the state of being wrong. What does that feel like? The answer is, it feels exactly like being right. Yeah. They are identical.
1: see what you're saying. That's a a really nuanced, yeah.
0: It's identical. There is no measurable difference between being wrong and right in the action of being there. It's only hindsight that makes you feel regret makes you feel disgust makes you feel disconnect makes you any of these words to to elucidate being wrong and the 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 feeling of oh fuck i i said i can't i was that feeling is only post being wrong you had none of that when you were and so i've had to go okay give myself a little bit of a freedom to Understand that I could be wrong in every single time I like, like, like it, it, things that feel so right. I have no distinguishment between that and, and being wrong there. And as soon as I started thinking about that, the, the line that separates right and wrong really disappeared. It, it, it became a, 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 a bunch of, um, it became a giant Venn diagram. Of overlapping circles and do i find myself in a single overlapped space a double overlap space am i am am i trapped only in a a part of a venn diagram because the other circles concentric circles i don't have that information to even fill out and know where my plot point goes like where where is the 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 how if you were to put a percentage on rightness and wrongness is right and wrong split at 50, 50. I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think that there is just a black and white line. You're either on the mustard or the mayonnaise, man. Like,
1: yeah, right. there's a lot of gray, right. There's a, there, there's a lot of gray to play in. It's all on perspective. I, you know, as we're continuing down this journey,
0: yes, a uh, bunch of time, um, stuff.
1: you know, it's, it, it's also funny to me when you think about the personality traits that we're bringing up earlier, like the, the constant self-reflection, mm. the constant maybe hypersensitivity. Um, yeah. I find that in times like today where we have so many inputs of different, I don't know, things going on mm. in the world. Yeah. Like I feel very affected by it all. Uh, from the standpoint, is like I, I when I take those inputs in, I have to very, I have to be very selective about what I rabbit hole into, what I dive okay. into, what I choose to learn about, uh, because I can really right. feel it and carry it on with me. I also find myself looking around at others and realizing that though I'm frustrated with other people and their. Maybe they're not asking enough questions. Maybe they're not being enough inquisitive. Maybe I feel it's intellectually lazy. Mm-hmm. I also recognize that with so much going on in the world, there's a lot of people who lack the endurance.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um,
1: <laughs> to, to continue to take on all of these kinds of inputs and feel something mm-hmm. about them. or um, And so, you know, I just pulling this thread a little bit further because it's a fun conversation to to dive into. Do you you find do you find yourself with enough endurance yeah like curiosity like those types of things oh yeah
0: i'm 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 that's that's kind of part of the superpower i am i am in inevitably plagued by an overactive mind it is it is constantly wondering constantly going i you know i i i've gotten very good because I've gotten very good at having conversations with myself. Um, not just reflecting, but literally conversations with myself. I spend a lot of time in my head um, because as you, you, you said very poignantly, a lot of people don't have the endurance and I, you know, I get very kindly told, okay, that's enough, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> often, you know, and, 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 you know, I can't say enough good things about my, my girl, my wonderful girlfriend who uh, f- put has put up with this for over a decade and it's, ne- it has, it's gotten harder. You know, um yeah. the, the me that she knew when we first started dating in high school um, is not the me now. I cared so much less about what was true and not. I cared so much less about why I thought things I, I would allow myself to sit in places of, uh of ignorance and, and intellectual dishonesty, and be comfortable. I was comfortable there. Um, I didn't. I. I. It took becoming convinced that it is healthier for one's life. I, I. You know. I'm not trying to apply this to every person. I will say it's healthier for my life, but I'm not not convinced that this doesn't apply broadly. Um, and that is. The, the more, the more true things, you know, and the least amount of false things that you know, and the, the, the search for those answers leads to a f- more fruitful life. You, you are in you inherently learn more about yourself. You inherently learn more about other people. You, in, you, you to to do the work and do it correctly you have to become unbiased you have to break ego, your own ego you have to you have to be able to say i have a part of me that is attached to this bias that i hold i have to set that down for right now and be okay with being completely uncomfortable with someone else's idea i have to be okay with that because that's the only way i can understand them it's not enough to just say oh i understand it, steel manning is a wonderful idea. It can be over it can be overused sometimes, but the, 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 the premise of steel manning someone's opinion back to them so that they agree with it and they wouldn't change any it, that is that is understanding that's that is the other half of the coin of compassion. It is it, it is what it means to n- not to just love someone as as your neighbor distinguishing them apart from you it's to love them as if you were your own neighbor and that's you sitting in the house next to you or that's you across the street and it's you but you just made a different choice 20 years ago and you said that one conversation that you didn't say and you ended up in that house with a different life with a different woman and dogs are in cats instead of them and to, 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 to have compassion to 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 care enough about somebody to understand them To learn from them, to know where you sit in your own belief structure, Uh, you have to treat them as your own self-struggling. We've all struggled in our own heads. Why isn't that applicable across the street? And I find a lot of people don't want to think about the other person struggling in their head with their beliefs or being wrong and feeling so sure they're right because we've all sat there in a place of being wrong, completely convinced we're right and it, it it's the allowing other people to exist in that state, just like we know we exist in our state and believing they're there. Like it's, it's, it's a level of putting your guard down to, to have to go, my, my God, they, they must spend days miserable in they they must. We, we don't see it ever, but I do, yeah. you know, and, and for no fault of their own, through brain chemistry or dickhead bosses or dogs getting sick or whatever your life throws at you. It's they spend time miserable.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of people out there walking around miserable for sure. Man. Who are are inevitably not going to live their best life. And whether that is um, right. Environmental has a lot to do with it. Sure. Um, And then it's also, you know the, the paving of those neural pathways yeah man and and the mindset that you adopt and the people that you are around and who you've chosen to spend your time around and who you've right. chosen to edit out of your relationships so all those things um well you know, kind of culminate so i asked you hold on a second so i asked you 30 minutes ago oh shit <laughs> what you
0: learned from the podcast and i
1: think that that last conversation
0: this 100%. is what I've learned. Everything that I'm, I, I would have never I was just
1: tying it back to it. It's like, yeah. it, it is like it, people are so unique and there's a lot of people out there who are suffering and that like asking questions and dissolving that ego, what an important thing to have, to be able to have these conversations with right. people and to learn things and be surprised. Right. And then to do it enough to not have to be surprised anymore, that there's yeah. things that you don't fucking know.
0: I know, man, it's, uh, you know, you said a wonderful word, uh, a wonderful phrase um, that I think captures the the struggle um, in its intellectual dishonesty. And there is a group of there there is a section of human humanity. Um, I was in the state in my teens where I did not have the tools of cognitive discipline to overcome to even show that I was being intellectually dishonest about things. I, I didn't even have the the tools. To uh, you know it's it is down in that dark basement and I'm trying to stand up in a well-lit room and look down into darkness and and see what's down there and I don't have a flashlight and I was just trying to guess what was I, I it was almost like I didn't even care what was in the basement in the first place and. And then the door got opened and I saw s- strings going down there and I still was trying to, Oh, where are those fucking strings going? And I didn't, I never grabbed a flashlight and I never shined it down to try and see further before having to go down in there. Um, but uh, inevitably through no act of my own, just being around humans, people kept handing me a flashlight. it, it and they kept going, Hey, there's, there's fucking light switches, man. Did you know there's electricity ran in that basement? You can just turn on a light switch and look, look in there. And all of a sudden I was, I was looking in this. I didn't want to, but the light was, it was just, you know, it, that's how it happens when you become convinced of something. You didn't choose to become convinced of it. You became convinced of it because reasoning works at a subconscious level in our heads. It's, it's when you don't want to turn on that light switch and people will fight tooth and nail to not turn on the light switch. And that's the dishonesty part because they're telling themselves at that moment that they know more about what they don't need down there than what they've seen that is actually down there. And they, I, I, I can't find myself ever being comfortable in that position and knowing it, that's that's just the way my brain chemistry works. It, uh, I don't even remember the me who was in that spot anymore. Yeah, you know, and it, I'm now plagued in a, p- a position to go. Okay, how how does one hand out enough flashlights that people can no longer refute the effectiveness of a flashlight in the dark? Yeah you know i, don't. I love it
1: what if, dude what a fucking a fun vein to, to yeah. go surfing down with you man that, yeah. that was uh, uh thank you for answering that question Warren, <laughs> and thank you also for just being open to having a kick-ass conversation around it of course um, uh, i want to i wanted to around this time pivot a little bit to music though something that we share let's go um, we're both bass players yes sir you got a little is that a little six string you got uh, yeah right this is
0: this is a bryce long scale six string
1: oh man 35 see, and a
0: half see. inch scale big
1: it's hey. a bad, that's a big baddie right there that's yeah. uh so i never got into playing six strings I, I i don't know maybe it's just that that extra c down there i just uh-huh. you know <laughs> i played a five string had a five string fretless for a little while uh that i love it was a little franken bass um yeah. there's a there was a guitar shop here in, in Boise. They the the guy who was running it would just kind of like make these random Franken basses out of parts and kits and Beautiful. broken guitars that would come in and I had a blast playing that thing. But I you know, I didn't remember when you got into playing music. I think you and I talked a little bit about this uh in the past, but I, can, I just can't recall what what got you into music and then also like specifically what got you into slapping that bass,
0: bro? Okay. I'm um, going
1: like to talk a little bit about the band, too, because yeah, like, yeah. I did you guys' stuff, for sure.
0: But wonderful. Um, Yeah, so I I was came up in a musical household. There was music everywhere in my life. I, I can never remember a time when there wasn't guitars out. Both my mom and my dad are inst- musicians. My mom plays guitar and bass. My dad plays... Get mostly guitar, but he can play basically anything with strings. Um, when I was a kid, he, my dad had a, a recording studio, um, and so there was always drum sets. I was just always inundated with music, live music, um, and then w- the radio. We listened to the radio and cassette tapes and vinyls, and and it was just there was, you know, I was I, I, I have a, 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 a trope of a story I always tell that when I was in fifth grade. I came to school asking if people had heard of the new band Pink Floyd because they were on so much that I, I had no idea at the time I was listening, they were already 25 years old, mm-hmm. 30 years old. I had no idea that it was the past. It was just, it would, Pink Floyd would be on and then yet yeah, Primus would be on. And I couldn't, I, I had no distinction between time there. Um, you know, there's a, uh, there's pictures of me as a, as an infant in a guitar case with headphones on on stage of my parents in a bar in Kenai or Kassiloff or Homer, Alaska, playing music. Yeah. And, you know, the crowd's all there and they all have cigarettes in their mouth. And there's a little baby Aaron wrapped up in a blanket with headphones on right in front of the subs on stage in a guitar case flipped open. Uh, and that was, you know, that was my my life as a kid. So music was always there. I didn't pick up guitar until... Uh, man, it would have been freshman year of high school when I went, I had, f- this is the, the the trap of being an insecure kid and never feeling like you were really part of the group. My other friends picked up guitar and I felt intensely let out or left behind. I felt intensely under, man, there was a whole nother level of being in society of school that was now unlocked and they had the upgrades and they got the new special armor and they were running around with cooler weapons. And, and I, yeah. I still had the opening gun and I was like, fuck, they have this thing. And all of a sudden my friends who were with me and we were upset that none of us had girlfriends and all that stuff. They all then all of a sudden had girls talking to them Cause that's the only thing that mattered in freshman year of high school. Um, it, it didn't really, that's, that's the joke. Um, but but the things that I thought would looked like that this was an avenue of unlocking this thing and so I started playing acoustic guitar uh to to fit in to not be left behind when my friends would jam and sing tenacious D songs, God damn it if i I, I didn't have the voice, I could just
1: play Jesus ranch <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Uh, and then my brother picked up bass. Uh, Rusty, my little brother, is a fan phenomenal bass player, um, and he was musically gifted. He's one of those guys who it came innately. And I've always had to work. I was always a step behind all of my friends. I what, uh, whether it was playing guitar, whether it was singing, whether it was learning to play, I've it's I've felt the struggle. I've had to work for it. It wasn't something that came innately. The fascination with learning it of you know we've we've already talked about that in in detail um and so i did that uh started playing electric guitar uh because my brother was a bass player we love metallica and so that was that was the thing that was the kickoff right there sophomore junior high school i I was playing electric guitar uh he was playing bass and we were just learning metallica songs and we did a talent show my senior year with a, a medley from uh oh god which metallica concert was that um Oh God, I can't remember exactly which one it was now, but, uh, Kirk and uh, Jason Newstead at the time, uh, did this wonderful medley together, couple, three songs and it goes into nothing else matters. And, um, we learned that back and forth and had this dueling thing and we want to play that for, we'd play that for the talent show. And, um, then I went to college, man, and I, I, bought an electric down there and i would just sit there in my room and play and shred and learn metal songs and i i had no hope of even wanting to be a musician um and then in 2009 jason and jason smith and uh our buddy sean hoskins were in the band the smash bros and that's what they called themselves. And it was Jason on congas and Sean on acoustic. And they were singing. And they were going around and they were playing little acoustic shows at all the bars and just having fun times. And uh we jammed one night at a party and I had an acoustic guitar and they both looked at me because we hadn't played in forever. They both looked at me and went, Holy shit. Like, when did when did you get good? I'm like, man, I've just been playing, you know, I I know all my I can play At least okay enough with you to to be with you guys, right? And they're like, yeah. And so we played one show that way with two guitars, and immediately they're like, do you know how to play bass? We need a bass. We need low end so we can do these songs. And we were, you know, we were just having a lot of fun. And I picked it up, and I went, oh, this is. I I guess I'm a bass player. I all along. I if I would have picked up bass instead of my brother and me feeling like I couldn't copy him you know um and then i had to try and keep up if, if i wouldn't if that was another one of those things look back in time what if it would have all been different you
1: had to, you had to change your pronouns
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> uh yes, um, I, I, yes. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh and that was when i started man um Started playing bass then, uh, that evolved into an electric version of the Smash Bros. And we were a five piece electric band and we were playing around and we started writing metal songs and we played, uh, shows at, uh, in Anchorage and, you know, we, we, we started really playing and making a little name for ourselves. Um, and then that, the Smash Bros. inevitably broke up and Fighting Silence started. And that was the band that, turned into the fighting silence that moved down here and we made a great name for that band and you know we yeah. we had uh, a bunch of demos we put out and a, f- a few songs that got good traction and we opened for chimera and uh we did we, we we played a, a bunch of kick-ass band shows man um and that was fighting silence that broke up and the podcast started yeah
1: wonderful yeah damn and and there's you know it's funny as i'm listening to your story there's so many similarities uh for how i got into playing bass uh in that as well we we certainly have lived some some parallel paths here isn't that weird yeah i was in uh between seventh and eighth grade Oh yeah, and uh uh, yeah it might have been yeah it was right between seventh and eighth grade and uh there was this like weird, funny little band. I don't know if you remember Jim Reed, Jordan Olson. That totally. had a band called Worm, and it ended up being like it was like eight or nine different people um, who were in this band. It was a couple kids from Kenai. and I. It was a couple kids from Soldotna. Yeah. And so, like Worm was this thing. It was this like rap rock, like Limp Biscuit style, whatever. And I was a, uh, the <laughs> and you definitely remember this in middle school. I was the DJ. I uh, on totally. on Fridays yeah man so like me and a couple other kids uh, would would run it we'd spend old like, like who records and just mm-hmm. random like Google dolls or whatever was hot at the time um, and uh, those guys wanted me to play uh, a song over the intercom uh, yes. that they had written.
0: <laughs> I think I fucking remember this.
1: And it's, it's such a, it's like such a, like as an adult now, I look at him like, God, you guys are shit. Is. But the, the song was actually like, it was called Fart on the Fat Girl. <laughs> oh, I don't remember <laughs> and it, that. <laughs> and it was, it, and it was not a nice song, but it was a, it was a rap rock song and it was, you know, whatever. So I, I played that song on Friday. I got, I got, I lost my job Yeah. as the, the DJ uh, for middle school, like kind of on the back end of Maybe in the middle of eighth grade, uh possibly. But anyway, that that band had started and then it started to dissolve. You know, kids going to different high schools and different mm-hmm. kinds of things. And yeah. I found myself that summer between eighth and ninth grade, I believe this is the right timing, uh hanging out a lot with Jordan Olson and his brother and wanting to still like be part of that band. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Jordan's phenomenal music and great. Totally. His, his brother Justin, <laughs> drums killer, piano oh, killer. Yeah. Like you know, they're they're just a kind of musically inclined family. They were they were set up for it downstairs in their house, and it's just like, all right, I guess I gotta go and, and get a bass, man. I picked up like a Samick, like a like a little P bass, yeah, and, dude, and, uh, and uh, a little I don't know, just maybe like an eight inch little. I can't remember what the water, maybe like a little hundred watt. No, I had a PV, I had a PV TKO eighty is what it was. Okay. Um, the so it was a 15 inch Yep. and so that's that's what I started playing it on uh, and then it just kind of like in, in the same spirit of like I want to fit in I want to have something I want camaraderie, yeah. friends uh, and it opened up a whole world to me and then eventually uh, in high school you know, Joe Smith started playing drums uh, Shane Dunn uh, who's the guitar player of, of our band that's all he did was play Metallica all day oh yeah like, I used to go over to his house and just hang out listening for like two hours at a time. The guy could just play Metallica.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and by the time we met Chance and actually like, formed a band and stuff, like, and we started, we, we played some shows up in Anchorage and yeah. played on the Peninsula uh, a bunch. Like, what a fun and interesting time it was, except for. Toward the back end of um, of high school, I ended up leaving, and then they changed the band a couple times. And right. I think cross paths, cross pollinated people from 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 other groups. From as lots well, of but, them,
0: man, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was uh, that whole kind of there was this cool music scene in the early two thousands. There was always the shows at the roller rink. There was, uh, man, it was that was a a good a good time to be around in early was, 2000s. two
1: thousands. Those cool bands, yeah, in Alaska, Inside Clench, like Clench was, was great. yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember
0: what, uh, God, it was another, oh, um, time. um, I'm like, um, um, God, what was their name? Um, not, um, I was thinking
1: uh, of what Ethan Parks was in.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, oh, why can't I remember that man <laughs> Yeah, we we'll move on from, cool music theater, Yeah. But-
1: so so what's the uh what's the band you've got going
0: now okay earth Earth to ashes um yeah i'm in the band earth to ashes they've been uh a a band here in portland for 10 years um and they uh they put out two full-length albums uh one in 2015 and one in 2018 um and uh shortly after their second album uh you know the the one of the founding members of the band the bass player and uh our guitar players uh you know they they're still really good friends he, he you know for whatever reason i honestly didn't really get into it he just st- had to he stepped away from the band and and so they had just put out uh, this was in 2018 they just put out um their second album and uh getting ready to go promote that and play that and they lost a bass player and so i was sitting here uh jason was in a, a band um you know and i was again feeling left out and doing the podcast and uh, everything was going good there and I had interviewed Matt my guitar player on my podcast um, when we when we moved here we uh, when Fighting Silence came to Portland we really quickly found a local battle of the bands and entered that and the very first year we were here we got second place. <laughs> Uh, of all the Portland bands that joined, we were just this—I mean, literally off, <laughs> fresh off the plane, uh, band from Alaska, and we got second place in the Battle of the Bands here in Portland, and uh, it was for Warp Tour and all that stuff, and so we got free passes to Warp Tour, and we didn't play there, but you know we got treated like we won everything except actually getting to play on the, the 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 Warp tour um and so we just went like oh that was cool and he was one of the judges there and uh you know people were like oh that's that's Matt Dorado oh he's you know he's and so i got him on a podcast interviewed him about Earth to Ashes before their band broke up or anything like that and uh nothing re- didn't really think of it and i saw the post they're looking for a bass player and i was sitting here like well shit i'm a bass player i listened to some of their tunes and i'm like these are pretty cool tunes man and uh well i spent
1: i I spent uh the last week like actually listening to the last album
0: oh yeah yeah and
1: just like just getting really familiar with it and there's a track on there uh called can't flashback that's got such a fun bass intro it's and then the bass throughout it too is is is, it's it's cool it's a cool sound it's got this I don't know. The whole album's got this kind of throwback. I don't want to say like this '80s film. I mean, it's very like it is. Iron Maiden, Queensryche, oh, Queens yeah, like Rushy. Like you know, there's a lot of influences in there. But the vocals are great, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, the vocals it's
1: are great. The musically, it's awesome. So like, I'm a fan.
0: It, yeah, it's it, it was pretty cool. So you know, diving into it, um, uh, I it the both you know we're a three piece. Um, and my the drummer and our drummer Mark and Matt, our guitar player, are incredible um, musician so if you guys listen to the old records um, half of the time the the the, the a, a bit more like the lower toned a uh, little raspier voice was actually Angelo the original bass player and him and Matt would switch would would, would share vocal duties um, and and then all of the higher harmonies and the high angelic beautiful singing that's all Matt um, and so uh you know in that I'm not I'm not as strong of a vocalist to sing a lot of lead parts um, and play bass. I that's been a a, a growing that's been something I'm I have to teach my mouth to not move with my hands and my hands to not move with my mouth. Um, yeah. And so you know I'm I'm fine doing backup stuff and smaller parts and rhythmically tied vocal lines. Uh, I am fine with. It's just singing long drawn out melodies over complicated time signatures. My brain doesn't just it just um, I, I don't get it. Um, like
1: what, what, what Les Claypool is capable of doing is is <laughs> infuriating I to know. my brain on a bass guitar. I don't think a lot of people understand no. how difficult it is to do what he, what well, he does when he plays.
0: It, it's incredible. So actually, um, Primus is one of my early favorite bands. Um, they were... W- that was the first band when I fell in love with bass. Before I realized it was that's what it was. I fell in love with. I I'm I've been addicted to Primus forever. In fact, tomorrow I get to go. I'm going to see them. Uh, they're they're on their tour right now doing uh, Farewell just, to Kings.
1: Yeah, I just I just missed them. I I don't know why I didn't buy tickets. I totally forgot they were in town, and I saw everybody posting from Primus, and I'm like, I went to Jujitsu that night. I yeah. could have skipped Jujitsu and went to Primus. I don't know why I over my my bad.
0: They originally started this tour in 2019 and we bought tickets in 2019 for when they came through Portland and because of, you know, they were coming early, early, yeah, early 20. Um, and with everything that happened that, you know, obviously it canceled. And so we've been waiting for two years for this tour to happen. Um, and they're finally coming through, they're going to be playing a bunch of their own music and then they're doing rushes of farewell to Kings in its entirety. Uh, and so, not only are we going to see Primus, but then we're going to see Primus doing Rush. And not only that, but from what I've heard, nailing it. In fact, Primus or uh, Les Claypool and Getty Lee spent days together with Getty teaching him specific parts about a Farewell to King base parts, just so Primus could. Or, I keep saying Primus. I, him and Les Claypool and Primus are synonymous in my brain. Um, yeah. Just so Les Claypool can. Do the parts better and do the justice to Getty Lee and Rush, uh, so so they're gonna. That's that's coming, and I'm actually going to that t- t- tomorrow. Uh, I can't wait. I'm wearing Rush shirt. You know, I'm 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 all in it. Um, but yeah, so you know, we we're now writing new music. Um, we actually uh, we have a bunch of music done coming back from you know the studio uh we're getting ready to release stuff we're getting ready to shoot music videos which is going to be a new venture for earth to ashes um you know the other beautiful thing about the band is um both of them are are in their 50s and so um my my drummer and my guitar player are they've been playing their instruments longer than i've been alive and so there's a level uh, of of humbleness and maturity and uh comfort in them being musicians that i i i am able to pick up on and revel in and i don't when we get in a room together i no longer feel uncomfortable about myself i i every time i think they're going to come over for practice uh we we happen to practice at my house um i have this the space for it so um and n- my neighbors don't care there's a band that lives across the street there's a band down the road so we have a our many neighborhoods pretty cool um every time I come over, I'm worried that they're just going to be grabbing their stuff and leaving and going, we don't need you in the band anymore. And, and I, ca- I can't shake it. And we've gone to the studio together. We've done small tours to like we've we we we've done stuff and they've accepted me and we have family dinners and you know, th- th- their wives make fun of me. Like I'm, I'm in the band and oh, I yeah. still can't not think that they're coming over to pack their shit up every time we have practice. Um, But as soon as they get here, th- you know, I'm I'm a loud voice boisterous person. I'm sure everybody here right now can go, "Oh my god, this guy gets an amped and he talks and his voice raises sure. and um you know, I bring that energy to music. I bring that energy to the band and they I they fee- I, I think that I feel comfortable saying they feed on me being a young guy and then they tamper down me being a young guy. And it's it's this beautiful balance of their experience and their wisdom and me it's, it's the old bull on the field and the young bull, you know and and I'm hey let's keep active and you're going hey man, slow we got a lot of, a lot of time in front of us still, you know yeah. you know there, there is no pressure here and uh, it's been a, it's been a, an eye-opening revelation. Um, it's 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 them accepting me and me being a part of this has been um, making you know my self-worth is amplified because of the acceptance um you know i was i was, they, every, they we got a lot of fans and it's weird to say but i i stepped into a position where this band was already had traction and i was not pushing it to get it started and then keeping up with the momentum i was hopping onto a speeding train uh yeah and you know um I I was worried for a long time about being accepted by the fans. They've been used to a sound and a look and a presence. And their other bass player was no slouch, man. And he was half of the voice of the band. And I inevitably could not be that. And so I had to figure out a way to make the songs my own, figure out a way to transform the position where I stand on stage into something that I am amplifying me, that the other guys can feed off of me, that looks authentic to the crowd um
1: was uh was the other bass player an 11 foot tall redhead
0: no no he no actually uh he was a a short er um i i you know I, I can't approximate his height um but but he's he, he's hawaiian long big huge hair i mean huge just curly amazing hair um And I am follically challenged to the bitter end. So uh, I I don't have that, but it's great. My guitar player is as well. He's a, he's a baldy like me. And so uh, we do this, we're doing the anti, the, the, the reverse ZZ top thing where they both had beards. We just have no hair in front. And then the drummer has all the hair and no, you know, no, none of that. So. Uh, That's
1: awesome, man. So it sounds like you got a lot of like really fun and interesting stuff going on around right now, man. it's a good time for the band. Good time to be getting back. You guys playing live shows again?
0: Yes, we just booked. um For anybody in the Portland, Seattle, Pacific Northwest area, we uh, have our first show booked um, September fourth. As right now, it's still on. Everybody, you know, it's still good to go at Dante's downtown. In oh, cool. P- in Portland. Um, uh, we're playing there with a local show. There's one band from Seattle um, and two other bands from here, and I should know their names. Um, there's Delta Avenue. There is Tall Dark Whimsy and, S- S- God, Simple Clarity. Um, oh, f- there I'm so sorry I'm I should that know this I'm that? promoing my own shows I should have all this in my head uh I think I I got most of it simple simple clarity
1: <sighs> how long, how long has it been since you've been on stage Has has been a full 18 months two oh, years
0: over two years so when we go on the last show we played was July 13th July 15th of 2019 so it will have been two years and three months or something like that since wow. we've been on stage um yeah that's terrifying that's that that in itself is is a a whole level of just anticipation that I love to feel again and it's coming and we're practicing you know and trying to get back in shape because there's a level of stage shape that is not practice shape there's um yeah. it, it, you know there's just it intensity amps up, adrenaline amps up. You can't help but just grip everything a little harder. You want to play a little faster and then you're doing the work to slow yourself down and you're not in a room, not caring about anything. Now you're wanting to look cool and not... I, I have horrible base face, man. I, I am one of those guys that is plagued with base face. And uh, I I try to tell myself, hey man, don't make that face. And then I find my pictures of me just making that face no mouth opened lip up like eyebrow yeah dude i i go (laughs) it's one of these like it's 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 a bass face um but uh no it's it's exciting man i'm i'm we're looking back into it we got um some really cool things as a band coming um that i actually i actually can't announce yet i would love to be able to say uh what it was, but it's tied around new songs coming out and new music videos coming out and, um, cool stuff from the earth to ashes camp, uh, here in the, here in the near future. Um, and in, in fact, what I'll do is, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll share something with you. Ooh, exclusive.
1: Uh, Big Buncher Podcast exclusive.
0: Yeah. Um, we, the exclusive is, um, we are getting ready to film... A me- so a, a good buddy of mine uh, just released a um, a video, a, a movie. He, they made, uh, on Friday the 13th, they're horror m- food movie fans, so they made a Jason Rising fan film. Um, okay. They completely independently shot, completely independent. Everything is independently produced much like this thing we do now it's on youtube everybody can go check it out um it's jason rising a fan film um Uh, uh, shoot
1: shoot me a link to it and i'll I'll add it in the
0: description i will so so carl winery um who is the main filmographer and editor of the movie um is a fantastic filmographer in general he makes lots of music videos i got i got the chance to be in a music video for his band ligature marks who i mentioned earlier um they wanted me as one of the characters in there they needed a tall gangly guy to run down a hallway uh, and look bigger than the people and they didn't have to do much editing for me to do that so um uh so i got to be in that but through the connection everything uh he, we're, we're going to be getting a, a music video made by him so oh, it's, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. Everybody can go out, check out uh, Hot Carl Productions, uh, Ligature Marks, Vintersee. Those are the bands he's in. Uh, check out Friday the 13th um, and get your mind blown at what some just people with passion and drive are able to accomplish with just their brains and some cameras, man. And that's, you know, the, they're not high budget stuff. It's all all in- industrial and uh, amazing quality, creativity coming out of this place man and uh so we're you know luckily enough to be a part of that kind of future of band promotion uh you know there's the the whole avenue is moving away from releasing whole albums to single game now man everybody has to do a single and there's better be a music video for every song you put out as a single or you don't get the the traction you know no one wants a whole album anymore
1: uh yeah that's It's wild. It's, it's wild when you think about like, like I brought up Queen's Rank earlier, but like Operation Minecraft. Like if you don't listen to that album start to finish, like you miss out on so much, man. Like it's a, it's a, it's a story. It it is
0: amazing
1: hour and 10 minute, hour and Mm -hmm. 20 minute story. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't heard the album, I believe it's about, uh, (laughs) <laughs> it's about a guy getting brainwashed to shoot a priest or something like that. Like, it's yeah. A, it's oh, yeah,
0: a, it's, it's uh <laughs> it's, its wild. It's very wild. Yeah, it's 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 a a, a concept album about a, a guy who, through drug addiction, gets involved in a government plot to assassinate people, uh, right. and he doesn't realize he's being brainwashed until he's brainwashed.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and it's you know there, there's a lot of art to that, so it's it's hard that that. You know, then maybe there's not a, a lot of albums that were, you know, into to in like that. But to to kind of lose that as an artifact of music is
0: to lose you know. I, Well, so the beautiful I, I don't think we're you know, the the what what you know, bands like Rush and then moving later on into, you know, more modern proggy bands like the Iron Maidens or the Queens Rikes or any of those guys. Um the prog world is still alive and well and kicking Um, and there are bands putting out beautiful concept albums all the time and long 20-minute songs and flowing pieces. that 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 world of music is alive and well it is just Queensryche was a popular band there are Queensryche level bands today that no one knows their names and that's the thing that's losing the traction. It's not that it's not being done. It's just not commercially acceptable anymore. The attempt, there's a reason why YouTube had to create YouTube shorts. It's, it's new. It's been, a, it's a couple months old. All of a sudden there are short clips on YouTube that people can upload independently of their own stuff. And they, why? Why wasn't YouTube at, and people could just put up short no because people want to go oh I just can th- scroll through these thirty second quick shorts and get inundated quickly in a feed of newness. Um, I I don't know if any I don't know of anybody who would even be interested in saying hey sit down on a couch put some headphones on and spend the next hour and ten minutes of your life listening to music written thirty years ago. That I mean yeah. I mean for someone today who is who is grown up in that I I couldn't imagine someone being like that sounds like a great time Uh, you know (laughs) is there a video with it no no it's only audio in fact it's on a vinyl and we have to load it and you're going to hear scratches oh it's you mean it's not compressed overly and streamed for earbuds or my phone speaker no no this is high fidelity
1: it's going to be the equivalent of, of working on a dude ranch yeah it's going to be people are going to take vacations to go and listen to long form conversations or movies or like they're, they're, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that like, I'm just kind of riffing on this, but like, it just kind of feels like in order to sequester someone long enough to get their attention, mm-hmm. that it has to be a purposeful commitment. It has to be yeah. scheduled. It has yeah. to be like that, that organic, like, <sighs> you know, sometimes you just had a road trip and you'd put on an album and it would absolutely just kill. I remember I had to I had to drive to Anchorage um, and I had, I think it was probably kill Switch or like End of Heartache, something like that. You know, I just, just put it in the disc changer and just end to in, just. Yeah, it goes. Yes, yes to this album. Like, I loved every song by the time I got back. I probably listened to it two or three times. Yeah. Uh, or Rob Zombie, Hillbilly Deluxe. I remember being in seventh grade and listening to that end to end and I'm like this man is a genius. Right?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, Rob Zombie can't miss. In fact, he's still crushing it today. Still. Um uh no, there uh, that that is that is the the purity of music, I think. And I I do think that's lost. I I I think that I don't have proof of this but i would i would be willing to wager a bet that there is a, a market in music production today that has the idea for a music video to be famous and then producers sit in a studio and craft a song to fit a video that they want to go viral like i don't know i'm not and, and that's not ubiquitous there obviously m- most bands are making music because they love to make music, obviously. But that's not the famous. That's not the viral shit. That's not. That is not the stuff that is making waves in, you know, t- trending on Twitter. That
1: yeah, it, it, it's a uh, it, it's funny that content used to be in the wake of talent. Yes. And now there's a lot of instances, a lot of examples where talent is in the wake of content. That is and the
0: most beautiful way I've ever heard it put.
1: Yeah. Yeah. it's a, it, And it's troubling, right? Because <laughs> if you have the content in mind, then you get to choose right. the talent. Right. And it's Choosing talent is very different than being talented. It's 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 a, strange, yeah. it's a strange paradigm that we're in.
0: There's a wonderful there's a wonderful uh man on YouTube by the name of Rick Beato. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um uh, uh, he is a producer, he's a session m r- multi-instrumental master. Um been in the record game for 40 years he's just he knows everyone he's talked to everybody he has a wonderful youtube channel and he does this thing called what makes this song great and he sits through and he has all the stems of the recordings and he breaks down songs new or old one week it could be the beatles the next week it could be led zeppelin the this week literally this week it was slipknot um and he's breaking down what makes this song great of all genres and he takes 20 minutes to delve into a four or five minute song and breaks, to, you know, he will isolate individual stems and listen to the the kick drum on this syncopated with the, think of the writing they had to do. And then he, he makes sure to go and guys, there was no auto tune or quantizing here. This is to tape and they sound this good. And he, 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 he illustrates the point of all of the music that foundation was the foundation of here was only made because they were actually good at their instruments that's the reason that people knew who they were was because they were good it wasn't because they were following a, I mean some people did you know obviously there was when the new wave of British heavy metal there were bands who sounded that way who got lumped into the swell of the new wave there was of course but the reason the only reason that they toured was because they were good there. They had to be able to play those shows and, and fill stadiums to make money in that day. There wasn't the pre, there wasn't all the streaming revenue and everything like that. So they had to fill seats and they had to sell albums and hopefully sell merch. And the only way to get people to come to your concerts and buy your merch was your album had to sound good and you had to be as good as your album live. You had to. There was no help behind you. Backing tracks weren't a thing yet. And that is the the essence of music that I fell in love with. That's what I believed when I was told as a little kid what music was. That's what it was. I, I have such a hard time trying to visualize Music not being that anymore. Um, it's, 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 it's analog still in my head. It's still analog. It's, 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 you know, it's the reason why I haven't made the jump, which everyone tells me I should, is and do my podcast in video as well. And, um, you'll get more, fo- you'll get more listeners and all that stuff. I go, yeah, but I remember listening to the radio and they would do skits on the radio and I had to think. I had to use my brain to go, uh, man, you will know this. This will be so incredibly niche only to our experience growing up, Jake. But the Sweeney's radio commercials back in the day, you need shocks and car hearts? No, I need... You no know, socks and car parts or whatever that, that, that quip was. And they would make all those, all those funny little jokes. And I had to sit there and think of somebody walking in wanting shocks and car parts. And everybody has car hearts and socks. And like that became a, a image in my brain that the words brought to me. Um, and I think that's what music does. You, you Queens, Does that to people rush does that to people. The Beatles do that to people. And it, it's, it's fidelity. It's, tangibility it's it's a connection to the real world um you know i want to try and take it back to early in the conversation um and and it's it's almost picturing you as that person giving you the gift of what they made like you you have to you have to jump into the other side and feel that um i want to ask you are what is what is music to you when you just think about the essence of the attraction to it what is it is it emotional to you is it visceral do you, where do you sit in the pocket of music mattering to you
1: yeah that's a that's a great question man i you know i personally i got into country music when i was a kid i was originally living in louisiana there's a lot of country music in louisiana oh, yeah. um got got into Garth. Like I got into Garth real early and um, love that. Alan, little Alan Jackson. Oh yeah, absolutely. All the time. Yeah. And then uh, it was fun. I, and this is, this is a cool experience. was like, we had a bus driver for about two years of elementary school. And this is in, uh, this is going to Dozer Elementary in Erath, Louisiana. And I used to get picked up and we would, kids would bring like tapes on the bus of, like, music they'd pull off the radio or, like, actual tapes. And the bus driver would trust the kids on the bus enough to actually play the music.
0: You had a real-life auto from The Simpsons. That's no
1: joke, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, and the kids would bring different stuff. So, like, the first time I remember hearing, like, TLC's Waterfalls, for instance, like, was on a bus going to school and, like, other kids were getting into it. And that was, like, my, like, I felt a part of it. Like I liked the music every, like there was a reaction, like it changed the mood instantly on this school bus. Like we were all going home and people were just like happy and laughing and enjoying it. And then I remember again, like I had a birthday party and I, I didn't, I didn't know all the popular culture stuff as a kid, but I was around kids that had like older brothers that were really into music and that they would bring in these, these songs. I remember being in like third or fourth grade, it was probably yeah third or fourth grade. I was at a roller rink for my birthday party, and like, me and like four other kids were like roller rink or like rollerblading around to Coolio's Gangsters Paradise, <laughs> and like I remember feeling so fucking just free. Oh, man. I just was free. I was a gangster. I was a. I was a. I was a four-bladed gangster, man. Just like sliding around on that smooth, silky, smooth, uh, um, you know, hardwood that was in there, and just the smell of the place, and the lights going around, and like the carpeted corner, and like just that the whole like nostalgic like roller rink yeah. feel, and it just. I allowed myself since an early age to get moved by music. Mm -hmm. I was always aware of it. Then, you know, I I ended up finding rock music to be the one that moved me the most that like tapped into my emotions. I'll never forget the the tipping point song for me was lit up by Buck Cherry. Yeah, man. I just, I just remember being in awe. I was like 11 or 12 and they didn't, you know, they didn't like bleep out. I love that cocaine on the radio. I mean, they, they played it. You could catch K-Well and Sully from, from Anchorage. Oh yeah. So, I, so like, I, I was like, listening to it. I'm like, is he saying, I love that cocaine. I love that cocaine. Like, why does he get to say that? And why does he? And like, <laughs> just and like, why is that important to put into a song? And like, and then I realized like rock music in its own way it was really edgy and was always pushing envelopes and it was always yeah. talking about, you know, different, you know, the trials and tribulations with drug and alcohol and relationships and like feelings and emotion. There was a lot to it. Uh, and then, you know, stumbled upon some screaming hardcore <laughs> oh. and metal and got into that for years and years and years. But, um, you know, to me, I, I guess when you, when you ask the question, like, what does music mean to you? Um, you know, it, it is a vehicle. It, it, it's a vehicle where um, it, on the highway of emotions, and, yeah. and you can kind of pick where you want to go. If it wants to be a long scenic ride, or if you want to just get on the freeway and floor it, and right. you know, you kind of get to choose your own ending there. And it's something I've always appreciated.
0: Yeah, the I I to 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 go right off the coattails of that, um, which was eloquent. Um, and this is a this is a really fun conversation. I I love the moment when. You are listening to music. It could be your favorite song. Um, and it, it inevitably takes you back to a place where you felt the strongest. Um, yeah. it inevitably takes you to a place of pure emotion. And you are, you chose the song, but you didn't choose for it to, to affect you that way. Um, you, you're in, you're immediately introduced to the feeling where you're, you're no longer in control. The music is in control. And you can sit there and you can turn it off. But if you allow yourself to sit through that whole thing and really feel what the music is, is allowing you to feel, um, it, it's, it's rewarding. It, it is freeing you you know that's the word it's uh you you, you're not committed to telling the song that you love it yeah there's no there's no point where you have to go hey song i i i just got done playing this song and now i'm still thinking about it but i hope that song's thinking about me back (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like that doesn't. Take, bring it full circle? <laughs>
0: that doesn't exist when you listen to a song that that breaks your heart or, or makes you jump for joy or put the pedal to the metal, man. I mean it. It, it is. It just yeah. exists.
1: Yeah, and, and there's sweet moments in it when you're willing to listen. I, I remember I used to go down to the music box in sylvania It was just the local music shop, and there was a guy who worked there, and uh, his name was Ryan. Uh, he was the bass player too, and he, he actually when the, the when I would go and hang out there for like two hours. Yeah. um after school a lot of times before i went home just to you know be around musicians talk about music like pick up bass guitars and kind of play in the corner those types of things uh, he was a big iron maiden fan yeah and he's the guy who got me into iron maiden and i will never forget the music show like It was quiet. Nobody was in there. You know, Alaska, so it's like wintertime. It's already starting to get dark. It's like four o'clock, right? So it's like, it's just kind of got that little haze that's out there. So the kind of the lights are in a weird kind of situation. They're kind of like, I don't know, they're kind of dimmer. um, It's it's, like what's going
0: on outside. It's enough that the the photo sensors.
1: uh, He plays Fear of the Dark by Iron Maiden. I'd never heard the song before. And, um,
0: What's that? No, no, oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing. I was, the little bit of delay. You're good, you're good. Fear no, of the like,
1: dark. we had a, a tiny bit of a delay.
0: No problem.
1: Audio issues, we'll scrub that out. Um, <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> so anyway, so he's, um, so he, he pulls out Fear of the Dark, and he and he plays it, and there's like that, that be, the beginning part of that song is just so like, it just builds up it's yeah. real slow super patient and it's just it's a driving it's a driving line and then it just Haunting. It. it just it becomes alive it's 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 like watching I, I i don't know i just i remember feeling something like so strong about that mm. song in fact like the i've got the album cover to fear the dark tattooed on the inside of my forearm uh, or excuse me, inside of my my uh, bicep, just because I the memories like those and what music can do to you and how you can completely shift. Like Iron mm-hmm. Maiden became instantly one yeah. of my favorite bands. And then I looked into them and I, I became somewhat obsessed with Maiden just because of- Me too. How, <laughs> how much they brought to the table. And it's weird to talk about it now because it's like, it's just a band and it's just music, but no, it's not it's so much more it's something that you turn to on a regular basis when you need it it's a tool mm-hmm. it can be so many different things um and you know if you allow it to flow through you that way, right
0: yeah yeah i i i i purposefully make time in my day uh specifically crafted just to listen to music and i uh it's a lot of the time it's in the car and i you know uh I know approximately about how far away my work is on a normal driving day and uh, whether it's an eight minute drive or a 10 minute drive, or I'm going downtown as 25 minutes. I will, before I leave, I'll spend the five minutes and curate a playlist of songs specifically designed to fill up that amount of time. And I will not get out of the car until the last song is done. And so if, you know, a lot of times I, I like I, I love Iron Maiden. I love a lot of Prague Um and, Luckily for me, they have a lot of longer songs. And so there is a gang of 10-minute songs that are my, just I love them. And so I'll just scroll through and, oh, I want that 10-minute song today. And I'll put it on when I pull out of my driveway and I'll get to work. And whether it's an eight-minute drive or a 10-minute drive, I'm finishing a great song on my way to work every day. then I have one of those for lunchtime. I have one of those for coming home. And I'm trying to always just feed that thing that i that that was given to me as a point a place of nutrients in the beginning that i've now become accustomed to and i don't want to go on a diet from and yeah. and it is still nourishing it never gets disgusting it is the gummy bears of soul food like it is you could just do it forever and uh it's a treat every single time i'll find myself driving and i get so many looks that i am unabashedly drum air drumming i'm playing every instrument i'm singing the parts like i'm i am viscerally attached to the music and it it never lets me down
1: and, and it's uh my kids look at me like i'm well they're kind of getting used to it now Like <laughs> i sing in the or in front of my family all the time Oh yeah, not because i would do that if they weren't there and i'm not the best singer in the world i uh, not even close it's it's just one of those things where it's you know, there's certain songs that come on if Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls comes on, you bet your ass I'm fucking singing. Like, I'm sorry. All right? You don't don't even don't even try to shame me out of, uh, of singing my like push by Matchbox Maxbox 20. Oh, I'm singing it.
0: Man, I will, I will I will I will I will sing the shit out of some Matchbox 20. For <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh Sugar Ray, give me any Sugar Ray. Let's do it
1: well because it's and it's not like i listen to that during the day no. but if it comes on yeah. i know the words smash mouth too man i ain't scared smash mouth comes on i'm yes. singing some smash mouth i'm sorry
0: i always feel like an all-star i do too man. <laughs> I ever, I ever.
1: <laughs> hey, that's a uh hey, that's what a, what a uh, awesome uh segue uh to to uh, wind out our time here man. yeah man i uh I am, one, extremely appreciative of you. One, making the time uh, to come on the podcast, just being kind of an open book, and then just playing with me. I usually have a lot of like really structured questions if you listen to the podcast. I made it a point just to have some fun and talk today, man. And I want to do more of this. Uh, I'd love to do more of it with you, uh, bringing you on, bringing some other folks on, uh, and just just talking about life, talking about music and perspective and all those types of things, man. I, I find you to be... Um, uh, such an energetic, passionate human being uh, and somebody I'm lucky to uh, to have recrossed paths with, yeah. uh, path with in life. So definitely fortunate for the f- friendship that we've built uh, in, the, in the last year or so here and uh, are rebuilt and, uh, you know, building, wishing you the best, man, building, uh, wishing you the best in everything you do. The band uh, Earth to Ashes. Again, big stuff coming from them. Uh, the you. podcast, a journey through time and stuff. Go download it, go listen to it, go see what this man's man. about, uh, and uh, be in touch, brother.
0: Jake, thank you so much. You're a wonderful human. I know everybody, all of your listeners, everybody sees it. They keep coming back. I keep coming back for more. Uh, I wish you the best as well, man. Thanks a lot for this. I right, Take care, brother. Later. Recording stopped. Dude, Dude how fun was that? <laughs> that? That was a beautiful fucking conversation, man. Yeah, well that was it everybody uh i hope you enjoy it enjoyed it um it was a great great conversation i love that guy uh like i said go to his youtube listen to it watch it there like subscribe oh hey by the way you can also go to uh my podcast on itunes or anywhere you like it and Subscribe, go to iTunes, rate and review it if you can. Five stars are awesome. Reviews are awesome. It really helps me out. Uh, And it's free. So I love you all. Uh, Enjoy everything. Enjoy life. uh, And drive like you know each other.